Hello, welcome to North Valley Church's Sermon Podcast. We are in a series titled, Serve God Faithfully. If you would like more information about our podcasts or North Valley Church, you can reach us on our website, nvcmd.org. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. We are continuing in our sermon series called Serve God Faithfully. And if you look on the splash logo in the little print down there, it says a spiritual discipline series. We have been covering some spiritual disciplines since I think September last year. We have covered the disciplines of prayer, Bible study, worship, and this series that we're going through now, we are in the third one, and there'll be one more coming in a couple of weeks as part of this series, are all in the same uh, group of spiritual disciplines. But this one that we're going through, this one that we're calling Serve, is actually kind of the culmination of the other three disciplines. As we get our prayer on, as we get our Bible study on, our worship on, think about those for a moment. What do those look like? Those are all pretty much me and God's stuff. We can do them corporately, but it's about our unique relationship, an individual relationship with God. Serve is the one where our faith gets out. Serve is the one where we start to influence the world for the kingdom of God. So it's kind of like the first three are preparing us and equipping us so that we can do the serve part. Well, this is the one that makes a difference in the world. This is the one so that churches are healthy. This is the one so that the gospel gets out into the world. This is kind of where the rubber meets the road when we talk about serving. The other thing I want just to be transparent, right? Um, Not naive is really what I want. To not be naive. When we're engaged in the serve, we attract the attention of the enemy. Right? Satan doesn't care about Christians who sit at home and don't do anything about it. Right? When we start to get out and impact our communities, when we start to get out and try and make people grow and strengthen our faith and get the gospel into people and, and outside of our walls, then we attract attention of the enemy. So I only say that just to put your guard up. Right, The enemy, this, it's this discipline that's going to get the attention of the enemy. We can't do this well unless we've got the other three working, but this is the one where the rubber meets the road. Our opportunity to let our faith come out and impact us and the people around us. Last week, if you were here, Jim McBride preached, did an excellent job talking about spiritual gifts. And the Bible's got this clear description about what spiritual gifts are and how they 
how they are influenced in us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God, picks which ones we should have, and He's the one that empowers us. And we are all uniquely equipped with those things. I'm going to talk a little bit more about those in a minute, but today I'm going to take two steps back and not just talk about spiritual gifts, but I'm going to talk about shape. Instead of just focusing on spiritual gift, we're going to talk about the acronym of shape. So let's talk about shape, just the word shape for a moment. Jim was preaching last week, and because he was able to do that, Millie and I went, were able to go away for the weekend on vacation. And, um, you know, it's not brain surgery. We don't have TV cable at our house. We watch movies or play with our phones. <clears throat> and so... For us, it's a big deal. Let's just order pizza and watch TV. We do that in hotel rooms, and it's a big deal. So we had ordered, um, we had actually ordered some Mexican food, eaten some Mexican food. We had some guacamole, chips, and dip. I love Mexican food. And we ate a taco salad, tons of beans, right? I pigged out on, with the beans and the salad. I was full. I was packed to the gills. I was packed to the gills, and I'm sitting on this sort of couch thing watching TV. Oop. I was sitting on this couch thing watching TV, and Millie's sort of leaned up on the bed, and my position is I'm just kind of like this, and my belly's looking, oh, yeah. And I had this yellow T-shirt, really bright-colored yellow T-shirt on. Millie, straight as an arrow, looks at me and goes, why do you have a pillow on your belly? <laughs> okay. So when I say shape... I may or may not mean that, <laughs> but it defines what we look like. It defines who we are in God's kingdom. So today I want us to back up. We've all got different shapes. So I'm going to talk about shape. Shape, you can see the way it's written there is an acronym. The shape acronym stands for spiritual gifts. We'll touch upon that just a little bit today, but Jim talked about those pretty well last week. The H in shape stands for heart or passion. The A stands for abilities, things that we can do because of how God wired us in the womb, not necessarily anything particular that the Holy Spirit gave us when we came to faith in Christ. We have personalities, different personalities that influence and equip us different ways to do different things. And we've had experiences, things that have happened to us equip us to be able to do things for God. And how we go through those experiences, do that as well. All right, so I'm on a family Sunday. I've got limited time. I am, oh, I wanted to say, shape. Um, I didn't make this up by myself. I stole this completely from this book here. If you are um, familiar with who Rick Warren is, Rick Warren, Saddleback Church, this came from Rick Warren's church, written by a guy named Eric Rees, but essentially it's uh, something that Saddleback Church and Rick Warren came out of their church. I found it years ago, and it's like, well, that makes sense. I like it. So we are going to roll into shape. First one is the S, spiritual gifts. We have differing gifts according to the grace given to each of us, which is in Romans 12, 6. And Jim talked about that last week, that the, Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit equips us uniquely with different gifts. And so we've all got different roles to play. The power is when we come together with those things. 
right? If people who have the gift of leadership get teamed up with the folks who have the gift of administration, what happens? Work gets done, and it gets done more effectively. When folks who have the gift of helps get teamed up with those who have mercy, care is given at a higher level than any one person by themselves. When people who have the gift of evangelism get teamed up with people who like to serve, the gospel is taken more effectively outside of our walls. You see how that works? Our gifts complement each other so that we can do something better together than we could apart. I want you to think about what your spiritual gifts are. If you don't know what they are, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But when we find out what our spiritual gifts are, I want you to be aware that your gift becomes more effective when you team up with other folks with different gifts. If we can figure out a way to cooperate greater things can happen with the things that God's entrusted us with. Not only can that happen for you, but there are people in the church who want to use their gift, and they might be waiting for you. It might be that they have the power to serve, and, but they're waiting for an evangelist to help them go be effective. And we need somebody with an evangelistic thing. Right? Um, Tori Williams has got the gift of administration. Great googly moogly. My life is different with Tori Williams working with me, right? I'm sure glad she's here. And trust me, you all are too. <laughs> right? <They're laughs> Somebody might be waiting for your gift, not only you being able to change the kingdom of God with yours. Moving on, let's do H. The king rejoices in your strength, Lord. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted him his heart's desire. If you've got an outline and you're taking notes uh, in the program, um, underline, granted him his heart's desire. And you have not withheld uh, the request of his lips. Think about that for a moment. There's a passage out of Psalms saying, pointing to, wow, God granted the king what his heart's desire was. What if we were serving in a church and it was fulfilling our heart's desire? Now, sometimes that doesn't get lined up, so there's a step ahead of time so that that makes it more effective. In Psalm 37, 4, we don't have it on the screen, but if you pick up a program and there's devotionals in there, daily devotionals that go along with the sermon, Psalm 37.4 will be in there this week. Psalm 37.4 says, When we delight in the Lord, then he will grant the desires of our hearts. So there's this step ahead of time that when our desires line up with God's, then cool things happen. Then we can do things and fulfill the desires of our hearts. But first thing is we need to be delighting in the Lord, right? I need to have my prayer, my Bible study, my worship working. If those things are working, then my heart starts to move closer to God's, and then God and I get excited about the same thing. Then when I come to church and serve, I do it, and it makes me happy. 
If I'm doing the thing I'm excited about, it makes me happy. Right? Some of us are gifted to hang out with kids, and it makes us passionate. I've met people who said, I just love babies. <laughs> there are people who serve in the nursery who are, I'll get them later, who are changing diapers. I love babies. Right? That's a gift. Right? They've got a passion uniquely equipping them to be able to make nursery stuff happen. And they're happy doing it. Yay, God, for the folks who are passionate about babies. Like that one. Think about it. If you're serving in the church and it's like, this is drudgery, we ought to reflect and go, why? Because if I'm on the same page with God, me and him desire the same thing. And when I come and serve, it makes me happy. So think about your passion. And as you're thinking about where you might serve in the church, maybe we need to have the conversation about what makes you passionate. The A in shape stands for abilities. We're going to read an unusual passage for doing giftedness. We're going to talk about a dude named Samson. Samson was a judge. There's a book in the Bible called Judges. Samson was a judge for Israel, which means he did some leadership and helped defend them against Palestine at the time. I'm going to read this couple of verses out of the book of Judges. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God, strengthen me just one more time. And let me, with one blow, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. If you're thinking, wow, that's a weird passage, you should go read up on what Samson is in Judges 16. It continues. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. So... Some of his motivation may have been a little off base, right? Revenge may or may not be a cool thing, not a cool thing. However, what I want to observe here is that Samson said, Lord, make me strong to be a soldier. And God did. God supernaturally equipped Samson to be strong to be a soldier. That might make us uncomfortable. But I want us to think about, there are things called spiritual gifts that are described in the New Testament. Jim talked about them last week. But God also equips us with abilities. Samson's ability was to be strong. Some of us, Jay Zamora, have the gift of cooking. And when we get the opportunity, we step into Places that we can use our ability to cook to bless and equip the kingdom of God. Maybe cooking is your ability. Some of us like to fix things, and we're good with our hands. If we can find a place to plug into God's church and use our hands and fix and build things, it glorifies God and puts to use the God-given ability that he's given us. When we have those things, think about it. Excuse me. 
Psalm 139 says that God knit us together in our mother's wombs. So when, when we are using those abilities that came with us from when we were born, we are using our God-given abilities. If we can plug them into the church, it's a touchdown. Some of us might just be good listeners. Maybe you've got the ability to be a good listener. There are lots of folks who just need a comforting ear. Maybe that's your God-given ability. There's lots more abilities, but I'm giving you a couple examples. Think about, what do I do? What do I do well? Is there a place in the church that I can plug in and use my ability that God gave me to build His church? The P in shape stands for personality. We're just going to read a crazy verse out of Matthew. So Peter, the disciples, talking to Jesus, the other disciples are there. Peter just got done saying, hey, I know who you are. You're the Christ, the Son of God. He says this really cool thing. And then he, he says this. Jesus then says, don't tell anybody because one day the Son of Man will have to um, be crucified. And three days later, he'll rise again. Not those exact words, but he said that. Peter knew what he said, and this was his response. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus, in response, um, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter had a really fun personality. He's, he's the kind of guy that's fun to write stories about, right? Who's the one who got out of the boat and walked on water? Peter. Who's the guy who took the sword and chopped somebody's ear off when they tried to arrest Jesus? Peter. Right? He's, who's the guy who said, Jesus, never heard of him, three times? Peter. Right? He's a great guy to write stories about. His personality lends him to be able to do certain things. Just for a second of contrast, when you look at the apostle John, he's like the opposite of Peter. Right? Peter is the um, go gangbusters, fire, shoot, aim. Right? He's that kind of guy. John is the more obviously mild guy. He uses the word love a million times in his gospel and the three letters he wrote. Right, John, mild-mannered, loving John, he's the only apostle who didn't get crucified. Right? So clearly their personalities were different kind of people. I just want to take a moment and give us a brief window of different personalities and how they might be used in different ways for the kingdom of God. Maybe, maybe you are like Peter and you are a bit of a lion. Roar, lion. Hi, I'm the lion. I'm the guy who charges the hill. When I see a task that needs to be done, I go for it, right? When I see that there's something on the floor, I run there and I grab it because that's what I do, right? I'm a little more task-oriented, a little less people-focused, but I'm really good at getting stuff done. That's what lions do. Maybe you're an otter. All I want to do is have fun. If I'm hanging around people having fun, woo-hoo, it's good for me, Right? I might put the lion in charge of getting some tasks done. Where do I put my otters? They would make great greeters. Right? If I can get an, uh, an otter over by the door, happily, joyfully greeting people as they walk in, um, the otters just do that because that's what they're wired to do. That's how God made them. Maybe you're 
a beaver. And you just like things organized and structured. You're really good at keeping um, good notes. You're really good at filing things. You're good at seeing structure around. I mean, we need people like that. Sometimes they work more in the background to help organize things. But man, w without the beavers, we would all be more chaotic than we already are today. Maybe God built you like a golden retriever. And maybe what your passion is, is I just like when people are all together and everyone's feeling good and we're together and we're having a nice time and everything's peaceful. We like these people because they help us do things and throw parties and making sure everybody is connected and everybody is feeling okay about the event. You see how each of these personalities, we can't, we can't work without one of them. We need all of these folks. They play different roles. You have a personality, maybe a combination of two. Who are you, and how might that influence the ministry in the way that you could serve God's kingdom? We've all got a ministry that fits our personalities. The E in shape stands for experience. 2 Corinthians says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Think about what that passage is saying. If you've gone through some difficult stuff, or have learned how to deal with difficult people, you're equipped. You might be able to come alongside somebody else who is now experiencing the same thing and could learn from your experience. Right? So I've had cancer twice. I'm still here. So if there's somebody who's struggling with that idea, with the doctor visits, with maybe having cancer, I'm in a place where I can speak to that from a place of credibility that not many other people can. You see how my experience equips me, my past equips me to be able to minister to people in the present. We've all experienced stuff. What is it that you've experienced that maybe God wants to use to be able to minister to people today? I want to talk about experience from another point of view. In uh, the Devos this week, if you happen to look on, it should be Saturday, um, it's got Romans 5, 3, and 4 in there. And that passage talks about how our present sufferings, present sufferings, if we stick those out, our present sufferings produce perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And that our experience, even in the moment, if we can keep pushing through that, eventually it comes out as hope in the end. My flair I want to shoot up is for that to work, we can't quit. When you look at the Bible, the word quit literally doesn't show up. As we're going through things, we need to find a way to keep going so that our sufferings produce perseverance, produce character, which then gives me hope. So for us to have the kind of experiences to be able to grow the way God wants us to, 
we need to, we need to back away from quit. It's really not what it is God wants us to do. So, wow, holy smokes, S-H-A-P-E, all that stuff. Dane, you just overwhelmed me. There's no way I could answer that or figure that out all today. You're right. Maybe you'd be interested in taking an online survey. Millie, if you could give me the next slide. There is a website that you can go to, www.freeshapetest.com. And it's, it takes you about 30 or 40 minutes to go through if you go through um, a membership class, which, by the way, is one of the life groups that's on the radar screen to, uh, coming up in a month or two. If you go through the membership class, I will be asking you to do this. But everybody can do it now. If you'd like to, take a shape test, and it will walk you through S-H-A-P-E and give you an assessment tool and give you some answers to what your spiritual gifts are, what are your passions, what are your abilities, your personality, and what are your experiences that might be able to be used at the church. As you go through that, towards the end of filling out the page to, to start the assessment, there's a place that says, do you want to send this to a church leader? Your answer is yes. And type in info at nvcmd dot. Yeah. So, so do that and send, send a copy to me. I will get it in info at nvcmd.org. And Grant Crager has helped me out this week. That is now built into our Planning Center database. The shape assessment answers are in our database. So as I get your test results, I'll be able to put that in there. And then our leaders will be able to go, I want to do this. Who has this kind of gift and passion and experience? And we'll be able to do a little research and find out who that is. So if you've never done that before, man, I would love for you to do that, if nothing else, so that you're aware. But if you can share the answers with me at that email address, that would be really groovy, awesome, cool, too. And then on March 26th, we'll be doing something completely different on Sunday morning. Instead of having a normal church service, we're going to have a ministry fair. Instead of chairs out here, we're going to set up tables. Ministry leaders are going to populate the tables with information about their ministries and be able to answer questions so that you can walk around and understand where are the places at North Valley Church I might be able to plug in. And between now and then, the, the ministry leaders are going to have a chance to think about who are the people I'm looking for? And maybe you guys will be able to make a connect. The double bonus is we'll be serving some breakfast there. As you drill into the announcement for that, we're going to give an opportunity for people to bring some potluck food, and we should be able to have breakfast, have a ministry fair, a couple of songs and worship, but it should be a pretty fun day. So I would love for us to all be aware of who we are, what our shape is before God, and to be able to use that to serve him well in his kingdom. May I please ask the band to come back up. While they are, man, be thinking about, can you answer the question, what is my shape? Who am I in God's view? What does that look like? And as you take the assessment, be thinking about, look at the results. And as you look at it, you'll go, oh my gosh, 
I now see who I am and, and the ministry that will plug me in better. And then on March 26th, we'll be able to walk around and connect with the people we need to connect to so that we're using our gifts, our using our prayer, our Bible study, our worship to be able to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that you've given us a shape. You are doing something special inside of each one of us. Even cooler, you're doing something corporately with us. You've given each of us a unique shape. And as we come together and find ways to connect those different shapes, and it builds a more complete, full, powerful picture of your church. We're your body, Lord, and you've made us all to fulfill a unique place on it. Help us not be naive or ignorant of it. Help us find out who you've made us to be so that we can faithfully use the shape that you've given us to serve you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stand as we get ready to worship. <clears throat>